Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, we thank you for what is happening in our nation. Uh, We're not oblivious and indifferent to the emotional charge and to the the expressions of everything that is trying our nation. Uh, Law enforcement, those that protect and serve, uh, the slander and defamation of that uh, minister that you have put upon the earth as as a representative to keep order and to unleash Uh, judgment on evildoers. So we pray, Father God, for the police in our nation. We pray for government. We declare that you have established good things and the devil comes to distort and to um, cause things to go contrary to your order. You're a God of order. You're not a God of chaos or confusion. So we pray that your spirit would fall afresh upon this nation and that the leaders and those that administer justice would do that which reflects integrity and, 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 be, and is an expression of your government, Lord. Uh, we pray, Father God, that you would lead us out of all these issues. First, the pandemic and the plague that has befallen the world, Lord. Uh, you have said that in your presence we would be kept from all these evils, Lord. So we pray that your blood would be upon us, Jesus. We pray that your angels surround us, that you give us not a a spirit of fear or intimidation, but that you give us a sound mind that we're about uh, the affairs of our lives in a manner that is conducive to bless bless those that are around us, Lord, starting at our home, in our marriages. We pray that each husband and wife uh, would conduct themselves in a way that brings a refreshing to children. Father God, allow us to walk in your sobriety. You said in the last days that we're to be sober, vigilant, and alert, that we might be watchful. Father God, for the, uh, the devil roars about seeking whom he may devour. But we pray, Father God, that we might uh, overcome all these things and ride above the storm, that we mount up upon the wings of an eagle, Lord, and uh, soar above the fray that we not be victims, that we be victors, Lord. Be victorious and triumphant. You always lead us from glory to glory. So we pray, Father God, that in the coming days, we find an opportunity to serve you with excellence. Forgive us our sins and wash us with the blood of Jesus and allow us, Father God, to serve you with excellence in this year. We pray for your blessing of the word of God now, Lord. We pray that it would be a Uh, a seed planted in each heart, Lord. Give us revelation of your word. Give us an understanding of your ways. Allow us to walk in the order of those things that have been determined by you. Because heaven and earth is going to pass away, but your word abides forever. Your word is the only thing that will stand true in times of testing and trials and hardships and difficulties. Uh, Renew us in your word. Wash us in your word. Allow our thoughts uh, to be transformed, uh, knowing how to serve you with excellence. We pray that you would prosper your word in our hearts, that the church of Jesus Christ might arise in all the earth. Remove all restraint, all limitations, all distractions, O Lord. And we rebuke that spirit 
that wants to hold your church down so that it does not function in, as per your word where you said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, Father God. Give us a victorious expression of that reality and bless us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Um, we have had a couple of the giants of the faith go home in these last days. Uh, so we had Billy Graham, uh, he departed, and that was a huge, uh, it, it was a huge loss, but it was a huge celebration. Um, it was mixed feelings of seeing a man who lived to do the will of God upon the earth uh, for over a hundred years. And then recently, as of last week, Ravi Zacharias passed away, who is a apologetics, uh, uh, a true warrior and a man of faith, a general, and, and somebody who, uh, if you were ever trained in the Lord, part of our training in the Lord was to sit under the ministry of Ravi Zacharias and to listen to him and, and how he would defend and give an answer to whoever the, uh, would rise up to question and, and have doubts. And, and in our day, since darkness has become greater, these men are diamonds in the midst of the rough. They, they shine like stars in the firmament. But the, the most glorious thing is not how he started, he started as a 16-year-old suicidal young man in a hospital. Uh, he was handed a Bible. He gave his heart to the Lord in India. In India, there's 300 million gods, different deities that you could choose and pick. And he says, Jesus among all gods. So that, that there is a miracle. And then he began to serve Jesus Christ in all the earth. And my favorite part of his life is when they told him there was nothing else to do medically. When he went to Houston, to Texas, and he was trying to get treatment for his condition, um, uh, several weeks into that treatment, they said, you know, Ravi, we've, we've done all the tests, we've done all the examines, and there's nothing else left for us to do. This is going to be your last days. And he wasn't alive many days after that announcement. But my favorite part of his life was the smile on his face Amen. of saying, I've finished my race. I'm going home to be with my Jesus. And so he's left his wife, which we should pray for, Margie, and his uh, three children. I think he has two daughters and a son. And, and they're still here, but they're as sharp as a tack. And they, they were raised up by a champion so that um, their encouragement is to follow in the steps of their father. And, and so to me, if you haven't watched his memorial that happened this week um, and see his daughter speak and see his friends and those people that he mentored and discipled, uh, it's a phenomenal illustration. You should watch it with your children so that you can see the steps and, and the footsteps of a giant that we're to follow in his example. So let's get into the word of God now. And today is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, the word Pentecost is a weird uh, different word for those of you that are not trained in the Bible. It literally means, um, when it was mentioned in the Bible, Pentecost literally means count 50. And why and where does it begin is that the Lord told his people um, in Egypt, after they left Egypt as slaves, he says, from the day you left, count 50 days. And so they begin to count Literally, they didn't know what day of the year it was going to fall, but 50 days exact from the time that God told them to count, there would be an experience that happens that was supernatural. 
And, and we'll cut to the chase by saying that they left Egypt and 50 days later, they found themselves before a mountain called Sinai. And Sinai, this mountain, was on the 50th day, was the expression of lightning, thunder, and power. You cannot have Pentecost and be indifferent to the stirring of the Lord. This is why this time is so prophetic. When we celebrated Passover just recently, um, we, we see that 50 days from the day we celebrated the, the crucifixion of the Lord, then three days later we celebrated the resurrection, Easter Sunday, and, and since Passover we've been counting 50 days, and that's today. And today is a memorial holy day in Scripture, a day that, that there should be an acknowledgement about the power of God in your life. And the power of God in our life is called the Holy Spirit. And, and some people have, have seen the Holy Spirit as a very confused uh, character in the world. As I, um, I, I remember when I was young and I, and I heard the word Holy Ghost which is another name for the Holy Spirit. I was like, oh, ghost. Uh, I wonder what that means. You know, the only ghost I know up to that point was Caps, Casper, the friendly ghost. And so when I heard about the Holy Ghost, I'm like, okay, this is, this is like unusual. And, and so becoming familiar with this, uh, and, and this is what I want to do today. I want to make sure that when we leave here today, nobody has any doubts about what God intended to do in Pentecost. Now, it's sad to say that there's some churches that they've been out of commission for the past seven weeks. Um, and so all of a sudden, they have the opportunity today to be Pentecost Sunday. And they said, no, no, we're not going to open up on Pentecost Sunday, even though we're allowed. We're going to leave. We'll start next week, which is, I believe, June something. Um, but but the, Christian, the Christian people have discounted the existence and the, the substance of Pentecost. So, so a day today, which is to celebrate what happened in Sinai, uh, the visitation of God. At that moment, I want to tell you what happened. When they got there on the 50th day and they stood before this huge mountain, Mount Sinai, all of a sudden the, the thunder, lightning, and the earth began to shake and they got scared and ran away. And a lot of people are scared of the Holy Spirit. Because he comes as an expression, listen, a lot of people don't know this, but the Holy Spirit is God. We, we have the expression of the Father and, and we all have come to the Father like the prodigal son that returns to the Father and says, Father, you know something? I wasn't walking with you and I want to get back with you. We all know the expression of the Son, which is God. The, 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 what, what is called the, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and then the Son gives his life and is, we see his life and, and we follow the steps of Jesus and we, we have felt his embrace, his compassion, his presence. He says, I'll never leave you nor will I forsake you. But then he says like this, it's necessary that I go, otherwise the Holy Spirit won't come. So the residing the residing presence of God that's upon the earth that has been given a responsibility to perfect us Amen. is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the expression of God that does a wonderful, 
And, and if we begin to understand Pentecost like we should, um, we will see that maybe what I have here written in my notes, that what Wellington Boone said in his book, My Friend the Holy Spirit, he says, the most ignored person upon planet earth is the Holy Spirit. And so you say, well, how is that possible? Well, you answer this question. If the people today that are living upon the earth would be paying attention to the Holy Spirit, would we see what we're seeing? And the answer is no. Because the Holy Spirit is so, is so accurate. And, and so we'll, we'll sit there and, and read uh, portions of the scripture today to give us an understanding of, of how the Holy Spirit um, manifest who he is. I, I want to just say to you, while a lot of people ignore him and discount him and don't give him the credit and the weight of what he does and who he is, I want to say in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the beginning of time, we see that when the earth was without form, things that don't have form, things that are void and empty, and things that are profoundly dark, it's the Spirit of God that is sent to that place. It wasn't the Father. It wasn't the Son. At the beginning of time, it was the Spirit of God that was sent to hover over the face of the waters. And so I want to tell you that if there's an area of your life, whatever it might be, in any expression, make sure that you make room to to welcome the Holy Spirit. Some people have said that he came in the form of the dove. The day Jesus was born, the Bible says the Spirit of God descended as a dove. And how do you treat doves? You can't treat them roughly because they take off. And the Bible says in two areas, it says, quench not the Spirit. Which means don't throw water where he's trying to start a fire. And then another place says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. What's that mean? That the Spirit of God is not one that is not removed depending on its reception. If you don't welcome the Spirit of God, it simply will just be very gentlemanly-like and not go to the place where he is not welcomed. So years ago, a, a, a preacher, evangelist, Benny Hinn, would write a book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit, that every morning the first words that come into your mouth is welcome. Good morning, Holy Spirit. That you begin to befriend and have a relationship with the Spirit of God in a manner that begins to transform your life. And every dark place, every empty place, every place that's out of order begins to fall in God's design. Now, watch this. Um, we'll, we'll get into understanding the Spirit of God to not ignore its reality. The Bible says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. What's this mean? Allow the influence of the Spirit of God to influence you like if you were a drunkard. Be so filled with the Spirit of God, it's no longer you. Um, when, they, when, they, when they stop somebody who's driving under the influence, 
They said, sir, you've been drinking or you've been smoking or you've been doing drugs. How do they know? Because whatever that has come into their life has caused there to be an effect to influence what they do and how they do it. And you could tell the difference between a man who is filled with the Spirit of God with one who hasn't had a drink of the Spirit for a long time. He has a dry spell. He's not being influenced anymore by the thoughts of God and the, 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 the disposition of conduct that you can see that somebody is overly um, drunk, not with wine, but with the Spirit of God. And so I, I want to say this morning, um, when Jesus comes back, he says, some of those that are waiting for him have no oil in their lamps. You, you, you say that this has to be absurd. How could the very people that are the virgins that have kept themselves for Christ's return, when they hear the loud shout, they start looking in their lamps and there's no oil. Zero relationship with the Spirit of God. They're going through the motions. They say that they love God, they walk with God, but there is no oil in the lamp. And so that's going to be a horrific time, not for worldly, evil, wicked people, but for those who call themselves Christians. The controversy has been on the earth since the first days. In the book of Numbers, chapter 11, look at this report, the Old Testament. We already read Genesis 1-2 where the Spirit of God is there. But now in Numbers chapter 11, verse 27, it says that a young man ran up to Moses. Imagine this, you're in a setting of a camp and somebody runs up to the leader. Hey, pastor, 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 what happened? There's two guys, Eldad and Medad, are prophesying in the camp. There's two guys in the entire camp that are on fire with the Holy Spirit. Have you ever had somebody that's bothered because somebody is so filled with the Spirit of God? There's some people that are not. In this particular camp, only two people out of the six million that were there, two people were reported to be filled with the Spirit of God and be manifesting something that the Spirit of God was doing. They weren't leaders. It wasn't Moses. It wasn't Aaron. It wasn't the elders. It was two of these guys, and they're prophesying the camp. Verse 28, all of a sudden, Moses responds like this. So Joshua, the son of a nun, this is Moses' assistant. This is Jose Palma. This is, this is co-pastor. He, one of his choice men, uh, Moses' choice men, answered and says, Moses, tell him to stop. Imagine somebody running up to the pastor and saying, somebody is so filled with the Spirit of God, tell them not to be so crazy. The Holy Spirit has had issues since the days of Moses that he wants to use some men with incredible spiritual giftings. They were prophesying. And even the leadership, it was, okay, so there was a report these two guys are, are, are doing something in the spirit. And then comes Joshua and says, hey, Moses, tell them to put that fire out. Tell them to stop evangelizing. Tell them to stop preaching. Tell them to stop living for God. Verse 29, Moses forbid them. And Moses said to them, are you jealous, zealous for my sake? Do you have an issue that somebody is moving in the spirit in an expression that's greater than mine or yours? 
Why would we stop somebody who's moving in the spirit of God? Why would we quench the fire in these people's life? And then this is Moses' attitude, which I, I think is phenomenal. He says, oh, that all the Lord's people moved in the prophetic anointing and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. And if you don't say amen, you're not a Christian. <laughs> that the Lord would fill us all with his spirit. Guys, I have a spiritual awareness that's a very sensitive because I, I'm, I'm doing front battle all the time. I'm, I'm at the front of the battle. And, and I, I, the, the, I could feel just the intensity of the evil that is trying to come against the people of God. And so we've been on five continents. We've been in Europe, South America, North America, Asia, and, and we've been in, um, I'm missing one, North America, South America, Asia, Europe, and Africa. We've been in five continents. Not because we went to meddle. We were invited Amen. to minister to leaders in those nations. And we continue to be invited. And so we're doing some incredible craziness. Some people stay in their city. Some people stay in their country. We have said, Lord, we're moving in the power of your spirit at the front lines of battle as the men that fight the battles of the Lord. Amen. And so we've stood on five continents. Not, not because we're meddling or, or asked to be invited. No, we've been welcomed into those countries to impact the body of Christ. And we've asked the Lord, fill us with your spirit so we're not, we're, we're not, we, we don't play tourism. We're not into uh, doing things upon the land that are unacquainted with the spirit of God. And so here it is. Um, Moses says, oh, I wish that all of the people would be filled, that the Lord would put his spirit upon everyone. Now, I don't know if you have a little bit of the spirit or you have a lot of the spirit or your whole life is a reflection of being consumed by the fire of God. But the desire of God, the day of Pentecost, was to make sure that no one left. He says, make sure that you go to Jerusalem and you stay there. They didn't know how many days they were going to stay there. How many days did they stay there before the power of God came? Count 50. 50 days from the time Passover took place, all of a sudden the Bible says there was a great rushing wind and fire in the expression of tongues fell, say with me, on all that were there. There's 120 people and the disciples. They were all there and they all were waiting. I don't even think that they knew, but, but one of the instructions they had, I, I think I have it here written in Luke. Uh, he says like this, he says, you are to wait there because I am going to clothe you. I'm going to clothe you with power. Luke 24, 49. This was the instruction that they were given. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. There's something that would come upon the believers that would empower them to be 
people willing to die for God, for their faith. You will be my witnesses. The word there that would empower them was martyr. You're going to be the person that would give your life for the cause of Christ. And so that's why it becomes incredible. There was laws in in the Old Testament such as Esther chapter 1 verse 8. Watch this. How much of this power can you have? How much of the Holy Spirit could a person have? He says, behold, um, the, the edict, the law, that drinking was not obligated If you're going to take in the Holy Spirit, nobody's going to force you, mister. If you want to feel that the Holy Spirit is only so that you can feel a little bit of goosebumps when you come here once a week, then that's the measure of the Holy Spirit you'll walk in. Oh, pastor, I got goosebumps when I heard that prayer, when I heard that song. I go, I'm so blessed by your goosebumps. But there's a 220 charge that's a lot more power that we're not tapping into. So drinking was not compulsory. It wasn't obligated. The king had ordered all those in his household that they should do, that they should drink according to each man's thirst. You decide how much Holy Spirit you want in your life. You decide how much Holy Spirit you want in your marriage. You decide how much Holy Spirit you can tolerate. I'm around people that that are doing things that offend the Spirit of God. Their attitudes, their words, their expressions, their arrogance, their pride, their self-righteousness. And and I start getting feelings just like the Spirit of God. It, It becomes nauseous. Oh, I wish that you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. So God has a disposition, and and what he did on the day of Pentecost, I want to say here, um, because we just heard a message on Wednesday, and, and I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit did not come so you could speak in tongues. So the Pentecostal group has grabbed the Holy Spirit and says, I speak in tongues. Big deal, buddy. See, the Holy Spirit came to clothe you with power, and the power was to conform yourself to be more like Jesus. And you could, I've heard people scream in tongues and, and, and it's not the spirit of God. It's spiritual arrogance. Has nothing to do with the presence of God. In fact, you see the Holy Spirit. He's God and he is unnoticeable by anyone. He moves and does his work and leaves and he's not glorifying himself. He said he was there that he would glorify Christ. Amen. So he's the most un unprovoked presence Uh, the the fruit of the spirit of God is humility meekness kindness one one pastor said this week I was I was preparing he says the Holy Spirit is another name for the comforter is paracletos and paracletos is the one that comes alongside to encourage you so whenever you're being encouraged to be faithful to God it's the spirit of the Lord And we have taken up arms. We'll even use Bible verses to do war against one another. And that's the craziness about those who say they have the Holy Spirit. They have no Holy Spirit because the Spirit of God doesn't defend itself. The Spirit of God does not come out and uh, it it walks in the expression of God's character. I want to move along here. 
If it wasn't for the Spirit of God, I want to tell you something, how important it is. Job chapter 33, verse 4. A lot of people don't, don't, a lot of people do not credit the Spirit of God for having created us. They say, oh God, the creator. No, the Bible says, the Spirit of God has made me. The Holy Spirit has creative power. So whenever there's nothing there, you can say, Holy Spirit, create another arm, another leg, create an eyeball. Use your power to bring into existence that which is not. Why? Because the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. We would not be able to breathe if it wasn't for the Spirit of God. Here, the Bible gives another expression. What happens when you're not breathing? Job chapter 34, verse 14. If he should set it upon his heart, if he should gather to himself the Spirit, if the Lord would say, hey, Spirit, come back home, you know what the result would be? Verse 15. All flesh would perish at one moment. Everything would return to dust. If the Lord were to recall the Spirit of God from our lives, we couldn't take another breath. We couldn't take another step. So we're seeing that Pentecost is not a religious holiday to, to recognize an energy source of power. But it is God, the person of the Holy Spirit, that is, is poured out upon us. So some people say, well, Pastor, I've always felt the Spirit of God. Yeah, since you believe the, the Spirit of God has been resident in you. But Pentecost is the day you make the Holy Spirit president in you. It's very different from the Holy Spirit being resident. He resides in you from him being president. He rules everything in your life. And that is the power of Pentecost. The power of Pentecost is that we would be Jesus upon the earth because the formation of Christ is being formed inside of us through the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God that's perfecting the character of God in our lives. And we're not, we're not as acquainted as we should be. Zechariah 4.6 says, Therefore, it's not by power. It's not by might. It's by the Spirit of the Lord. Everything you're trying to do in the natural, it has an expression of the natural. But you want to be in the realm of the supernatural. Can we get that? Zechariah 4.6 where he says, listen, this was, this was my favorite. Uh, it was a song we used to sing when I first got saved. It's not by power, it's not by might. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. So whatever you're trying to do in your life, make sure that you're not leading the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is leading you. Make sure the Holy Spirit is the one that's informing you of whatever you even think. Because it might be that you're thinking... Is not according to the Spirit of God. Otherwise, the fruit would be there. By their fruit, you shall know them. And so here I have put some character attributes of what God is doing. The Holy Spirit gives you the presence of God's power. The Holy Spirit gives you the presence of God's embrace. The Holy Spirit gives you the full expression of his love. I think that's Romans 5.5 5, where it says the, that... Uh, 
Hope does not disappoint you because the love of God is poured out in your hearts through the Holy Spirit. So whenever there's a lack of love in your life, connect with the Holy Spirit. So that the Holy Spirit is pouring God's essence of love in your heart. And out of your heart, your mouth will speak. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you can tell when somebody is speaking in the Holy Spirit. And you can tell when somebody hasn't gone to drink at the fountain. From your innermost being, the Spirit will, will cause a river to flow of living water. When the Holy Spirit has come, there's going to be an outward expression of His influence in your life. The embrace, the power, the love, the guidance. He guides us. He helps us. He encourages us. He does creative miracles. He fills us with wisdom. When, whenever they saw in the Old Testament somebody that was through the roof crazy, amazing, and new stuff, they said he has the spirit of the living God in him. The way he conducts his affairs is supernatural. He knows things that the common man doesn't know. Why? Because he was filled with the spirit of God. He's a teacher and reveals, and he's a steward to administer the gifts of God. John chapter 14, verse 26, when the helper comes, and a lot of us say, well, who's going to help me? It tells us who. The Holy Spirit. He's the one that helps. He's the one that God left us so we don't feel like orphans. I don't leave you as orphans. I'll send you my Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, Say with me, he. That means a person. Not a power, it's not an energy. It's an actual person. You could relate to this person. He will teach you how many things? All things. And he will bring to you remembrance of all things that I have said to you. Everything that Jesus wants us to know and to learn and to remember, the Holy Spirit is the nexus. And when we're disconnected, then we get into all manner of problems. John 16, 14, he says, he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit is not glorifying itself. It doesn't impress itself. It's not showing itself to be brighter and more spiritual and more zealous and more good than anybody. He doesn't show up on the scene to take any manifestation that would distract us from being more like Jesus. So I had a member of our congregation who used to come in here and he would be like, people were like freaking out. Like, I'm not going back to this church. And they're like, why not? Because that crazy man is all over there doing his stuff. You know what I said to him? I told that man, I said, listen, you go home and you shout as loud as you can in tongues for five hours until you faint and then you wake up and talk again and faint. But when you come to the house of God and you see somebody coming for the first time, turn to them with a smile and say, welcome to the house of the Lord. Could I serve you? See, that is the function of the Holy Spirit. It's not, we're not impressing people because we're Pentecostal. I thank God I was born again in the Pentecostal churches. Pastor Richie, there's one man, he used to sit there, ah, and then all of a sudden, at a certain time, every, every service, he would like throw himself on all the chairs and, and knock down 10 chairs. It's like, wow, the power of the Holy Spirit. No, my friend. The power of the Holy Spirit is to conform to the character of Christ. Amen. It's a power that allows you to walk in a manifestation of love. Amen. You will be my witnesses when people see that the presence of God in you is stronger than your religion. 
than your doctrine, than the things that set by men to impress themselves. So there it is. God wants us to be that people that would fulfill his promises according to something that was powerful. Because everything that happened in the Old Testament, I want to tell you, they left Egypt. 50 days later, they were in Sinai. And then Jesus goes to be crucified on the Passover. 50 days later, they're in the upper room. And they receive a power from on high that they waited for. And, and you can read Acts chapter 2 so that you could see the full expression. But not to be discounted as a religious hi historical record. The Bible's not here for us to have information in our head. The Bible is here so that we can live the realities of the presence of the life of God. And so there, Pentecost is not something to be discounted. It's not something to categorize with regards to religious circles. But it's the power of God. And, and had God not thought we needed the power, he would not have wasted time giving it to us. I love Isaiah chapter 60. Verse 1, it says, arise and shine, for your light has come. Hey, 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 it's distinguishable, life of excellence, those who have the spirit of God. So somebody says, man, you know something? I marvel at how you have an opportunity with every of your life, your marriage, relationship with your kids, your, your employment, your academics, your, your ministry, your, your relatives, you, you, because when you walk in the Spirit, these are the sons of God, those who walk led by the Spirit. Amen. Those led by the Spirit are, are the sons of God. You can call yourself a Christian all you want. If you wake up in the morning and ignore him till Sunday, and you have not moved as the Spirit would lead you, you're dead. You're dead. You might as well not call yourself a Christian if you don't get filled with the presence of the Spirit of God to walk according to those things revealed by the Spirit. Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, Arise and shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. There's something supernatural about your life. It's the Spirit of God. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What causes you to arise and shine is that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. If it's not upon you, listen, it, it breaks my heart. And, and, and I think that Clarita, our, our spiritual mom here, has a saying. He says, you know something? We'll always have the poor among us. Well, who are the poor? The ones that are not not being filled with the riches of his power and, and, and glory. So the Spirit of God is upon us, and he anoints us to go preach the good news. If you don't preach... If nothing compels you to share the good news that you have to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberties to the captive, to open the prison gates to those that are captive. Verse 2, to address those who grieve. To comfort all who mourn. It's only the Spirit of God. I was in an airplane headed, I think, I forgot. Boys, you remember, Joshua, how many hours to India? Over 18 hours, something like crazy like that. And I was like, why am I in this capsule for 18 hours going to a country I don't know the language? You know why? Because the Spirit of God compels me. Amen. It's not me. It's not, it's not my priority. It's not what I want. I'm, I'm allowing God to use this vessel, surrender it to the Spirit of God, and that becomes a blessing to all the earth. But it, 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 uh, it accomplishes 
the work of my Father in heaven. I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing because through me, he leads to accomplish his work. And that's what a Christian is. That's what the church is. And so there, um, he begins to reveal all these things. John chapter 16, verse 13. However, he, the spirit of truth, when he has come, he will guide you. You don't have to spend time. I know, listen to me. Some of you guys are on a wild goose chase. You're chasing your tail, and you're going to be surprised at the dead end where you're headed. You know why? You're not following the spirit of God. You're going to, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end is death and destruction. You're going to go over a cliff because you haven't been acquainted with the Spirit of God. You're not attentive to it. He will guide you to all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things that are to come. Everybody's like freaking out. What's going to happen? Listen, get close to the Spirit of God, and you'll know. Because in the last days, a lot of deception is going to take place. But if you're acquainted with the Spirit of God, you're not going to allow yourself to be moved in a wrong spirit of deception. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, But God has revealed all these things that he has for us through his Spirit. God will remove the blindness from your eyes so you can see everything you need to see through the Spirit of God. For the Spirit of God... He searches out all things, yes, even the deep things of God. When I first got saved, I don't know what the Holy Spirit or friendly Casper, I don't know anything. But a life led by the Spirit of God begins to reveal the importance. What's God want? He wants all men to be conformed to the image of his Son. Romans 8, 15 says, We have not been taken to captivity to a spirit that holds us as a slave but you receive the spirit of God which allows you to call God my daddy the spirit of the Lord makes God real to you those people that are lost in religion we just had one of the the worship a worship band a, a musical performance they, they've been they've been Christians forever the guy stood up this week and he says I don't think God exists He's a leader of a Christian band, and, but he has no connection with the Spirit of God. Uh, the, the, a couple of weeks ago, one of the leaders of the men's movement who wrote a book called uh, The Dude's Guide to Manhood, he shot himself in the head. He left his wife and four kids and no intimacy with the Spirit of God, with that uplifting spirit that gives you a spirit of belonging and adoption. So all this to say, Joel chapter 2, verse 28, that there would be a manifestation. When they asked those people in Acts chapter 2, what is it that's going on with you guys? We see that, that something's happening. Some people are making fun of them. Other people are saying they're drunk. And they're saying, no, this is what Joel said, that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. The last days of promise. If, if Grab yourself like this and pinch yourself. Pinch yourself right there. If your flesh... The Spirit of God wants to fall upon you in the last days. And do not allow the devil to condemn you that you're not spiritual enough, that you're not holy enough, that you don't pray enough. All you have to be is flesh. And he says, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And they will move. They will move in the supernatural prophecy. They will have dreams. They will see visions. They'll see the manifestation of what God desires. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 22. God says a long time ago, 
I'm saying to the house of Israel, says the Lord God, I'm not doing this for your sake. Ezekiel 36, 22. I'm not doing this for you guys, but for my holy name, which you have ruined amongst the nations wherever you went. Verse 23, and I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned in the nations, which you have profound, profaned in the midst and the nations shall know that I am the Lord your God. When I hallowed, I'm hallowed in you before the, their eyes. Verse 24, for I will take from you among the nations, gather you all out of the countries and bring you into your own land. Verse 25, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness, from all your idols. Verse 26, and I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will get, take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27, I will put my spirit within you and this spirit will cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Verse 28, then you shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers and you shall be my people and I shall be your God. Verse 29, I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. I will call for the grain and multiply it and bring no famine upon you. See, the Spirit of God is the most creative force to bring you into the abundance of God. Amen. Everything else, I was talking to a man last night. I said, listen to me, you're grasping what the Lord wants to give you. He wants to display before you a banquet table filled with incredible provisions of all sorts. So you lack nothing. But if you're striving for your own, you're going to be left in a desert wilderness. You're going to be left in a great famine. To be filled with the Spirit of God is to participate in His new covenant. Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Verse 32. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. Verse 33, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after the days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse 34, no more, this is very important, no more shall any man teach his neighbor. I, I know that the spirit of God is more powerful in helping you get to know God than even my teaching ministry or my preaching. When the Spirit of God is upon you, I just sit back in delight watching you please the Father. No longer shall any man teach his neighbor, every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the very least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sins I will remember no longer. Let's stand today and say, Lord, we need you to empower us to fulfill your purpose. We need the Spirit of God to be poured forth upon our lives so that we begin to, to not look back to Pentecost, but Pentecost is a reality in our everyday life because the Spirit of the Lord has empowered us and given us uh, a supernatural charge from on high to please the Father. Remember Pentecost, count 50. Today is the day of Pentecost. Amen. 
Today is the day that God wants to call you to a more intimate relationship with the Spirit of God. So, Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for Sunday, day of Pentecost. Lord, you have revealed your heart to us this morning. You have led us through your word, which is a lamp unto our feet. You're the one that wants access to our heart and to our thoughts and to our will, that we might be filled with the power and the strength and the love of God, that we might be taught of God, not in a religious atmosphere of competition and striving, but make us alive in God. Allow us to walk in a way that our kids are impacted by the presence that's flowing from our cup. That we not be like the virgins that have no oil in our lamp, Lord. Allow the Spirit of God to be poured afresh upon us. For this we pray in Jesus' name and all the house of God says, Amen, Amen, and Amen. I would say hug and greet one another in the love of the Lord, but let's just go ahead and uh, allow the next service to come in. And we love you in the Lord, and we continue. No service on Wednesday. Remember, until next Sunday. Next Sunday, we'll have the next service here. Wednesday, it'll be through live stream. God bless you.